Welcome to Postscript. My name is Dave. I'm one of the pastors here at Compass Point, and today with me is Lead Pastor Paul Eastwood. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. Excellent. We are back talking about trees again, and uh, this Sunday you preached to us from Psalm 1, a little bit of a different take on trees. So I actually want to start our podcast today by reading Psalm 1 for us. That's a great idea. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so with the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked lead to destruction. So that is where you uh, took us on Sunday. And I'm not even going to get you to do a recap. I'm just going to start by asking you a question. Uh, so this whole passage starts with blessed. Mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about happiness on Sunday. What, yeah. what does blessed mean? Is it happiness? Is it more? Yeah. And I, I think uh, oftentimes, uh, you, you know, this idea of being blessed is uh, is translated in, in kind of this idea of happiness. And I think it's a good it's a good way of thinking about it. I think that there's definitely um, a, a depth to, to being blessed that goes a little bit beyond just being happy. Mm. There's kind of like a weightiness to it. It's like complete satisfaction and total fulfillment and joy and all of those things are wrapped up in it. And so on the one hand, we can label it happiness. Um, but on the other hand, it goes a bit deeper. Mm. But having said that, I think that's actually the point because I think we have a distorted view of happiness and, and because we seek after that, we find ourselves in some pretty strange places. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's there and it's a little bit more even. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, I like that happiness kind of, that's, that we don't go around talking about being blessed. Well, yeah. I guess some people do hashtag blessed. Yeah. Um, also I just, well, realized, we think we do in that yeah. way. Yeah. Sorry, you realized. No, I, well, I, sorry, this is a complete rabbit trail, but blessed and blessed, it's the same word. It just depends on how you say it. I hey. feel very like King James when I say blessed. Yes. Um, yeah, but I think, I think you're right. It's, I think what you said is that is the idea that like, you know, I, I think it's what we actually mean when we talk about happiness, but mm. we wouldn't identify when mm. we talk about happiness. Like in the yeah. sense, and I talked about about how, you know, modern research has thought about happiness in some really, you know, interesting ways that say, well, really it's about genetics or it's about this or it's about that. And, and in many ways, there's this, there seems to be this idea that some of it is out of our control mm-hmm. and then there's a portion of it that is in our control and mm-hmm. the question is what do we do with that portion that is in control uh, we do have control over and you know people around us are going to give us all kind of advice about different techniques um you know different ways of being mindful or whatever it is um but ultimately i think what i talked about was the idea is happiness is a place it's mm-hmm. like a location it's it's when we find ourselves centered in christ and i think it goes beyond genetics this is a a, a complete level of satisfaction and fulfillment um it's like a puzzle piece when it fits into the spot that it's supposed to be mm-hmm. you're just kind of like all right that feels good there's something satisfying about that you know think of any satisfying youtube video that you watch right that moment where the thing just kind of fits where it's supposed to yeah. that's what happiness is about and i think that's what this author is getting at okay so again this this psalm is talking about you know blessed is blessed is uh blah 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 the person is like a tree yeah so 
we are blessed, we're happy when we're like a tree. And this is a bit of a different take on trees than we've been talking about so sure. far in, in some ways, right? Because, I mean, we've we've talked about the two different trees in the Garden of Eden. We've talked about these important trees in these main characters' yep. stories. And now we're saying, actually, people are trees in the Bible. Right. So what, like... Has this changed? What is, is this, it? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Yeah, so I think I think all of these things are related. Um, so let's, let's just to recap really quickly. The idea, what we see with trees, and specifically what we what we see is that these trees are located in these these high places. Mm-hmm. And the Bible actually talks about a lot about idolatry happening at a high, high place, places, yeah. which means that we're replacing the thing that we are meant to worship with something of our own making. Mm. And so the idea of these trees in these places like mountains and on top of you know hilltops and things those seem to be the the these key moments in the biblical narrative and what we always seem to find when we see trees in these types of places are are people of god uh being uh given a choice or a decision to be made am i going to follow jesus am i going to uh, allow god to lead me and direct me am i going to am i going to you know, sort of sit in that place and allow his wisdom to be my wisdom, or am I going to take my own path? Mm. And so in that way, it draws back to the Garden of Eden where the choice was there for us. Are we going to choose God's way? Or are we going to choose our way? And all the way through this tree of life, the right choice is a, a place of, of life and, um, and fulfillment and all of those kinds of things. So when we start to get this picture of ourselves being a tree, the way that it connects back to this bigger story is that in a way we are an Im- we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And, and what we're going to see as we move in the other direction into the future is that Jesus becomes this tree of life and he becomes the one who is the, the fulfillment of, you know, you know, sort of the source and the power and the authority of who God is. And so in this like mini way, we get to be these mini trees of life when we plant ourselves in this, you know, this, this place or this location in the presence of God. And, and what you mentioned is that, you know, to be blessed or be happy is to be a tree. And, and really you're right. The tree is an example of what it means to be meditating on the word Mm -hmm. and delighting in the word. And so the tree is actually a picture of something else. And, and so he, the, the illustration is actually given for us, you know, all of the things he talks about planted by streams of water, leaves that don't wither, bearing fruit in season, all of those things are related back to what it looks like when we put ourselves in, in the presence of God, in his authority, under his authority, uh, accessing his power, being in that place. Mm. Um, that's what it means to be perfectly located and, subsequently blessed. Yeah. And it's interesting. We're talking about now what kind of tree in some ways, and you, you, uh, the title of your sermon on Sunday was actually evergreen, but right. as you read this passage, I mean, it talks about leaves not withering, but it also talks about a, a fruit, a, a tree that yields its fruit in season. Right? right. And, and trees have, have seasons. So is that like, uh, how does that relate to us? Do we have seasons? Do we have seasons yeah. where we're fruitful and where we're dormant? Right. Yeah. I mean, we, one of the, brilliant things we've got going on right now. We've got these trees on our stage, um, which are, they're called London plane trees. They're actually a type of sycamore. Yeah. Um, and they're blooming. Well, they're not blooming. They're, the leaves are coming up. There's I know. Beautiful... If you haven't been to church, you got to oh, show, you got to see this it's because so cool. it we, is cool. We've got these big leaves and and every week, you know, people are, we're taking them out to the lobby and making sure they get sunlight. But yeah. it is really cool as we go through the series to see these trees coming out of a season of being dormant into a season of life and having these evergreen leaves. So, so Mm -hmm. what is that? Like, 
I mean, I don't want to take this metaphor too far, but yeah. what does that mean for us? Bearing season and fruit in season and, yeah. and having leaves that are always green. Yeah, I think that's a really, a really good point, a good question to bring up because when I when I started doing this message, I I titled it Evergreen Life. And the you know, I originally had thought that as I preached this message, that I would try to change people's perspective of this tree. Because I think for most of us, when we close our eyes and picture a tree from Psalm one, it's some kind of hangy, like, you know, beautiful tree along the, you know, along some stream somewhere with, you know, a deciduous tree probably. Um, but what I thought of was, oh, I think people need to rec- like think about an evergreen tree by a stream of water. In fact, I even did some image searches that kind of just helped yeah, me yeah, prepare yeah. as I was looking and thinking about this. But then as I, because the reason I thought about that is in the winter when we're, you know, we're right in the middle, you know, today's a terrible day and we're back <laughs> we're to this back in the middle yeah, of winter. <laughs> cold, snowy, white. And in the midst of it, you see these green trees yeah. and, and there's something powerful about that because in our storms and in our seasons of winter, there's this opportunity for being green. Mm. And, and when I originally thought of this, I thought, oh, this is fantastic. We, we need to be people who are always green. And then, and that's, you know, me, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist in that way. But then I sort of paused as I was preparing and I recognized that a lot of us are in seasons where we're dormant and mm. things are not going as well as we had hoped. And so this idea of the trees having seasons is actually a blessing for us as well. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity for um, us to be to be able to worship because we say, okay, yeah, I mean, I may not be green right now, but I'm planted by the stream of water. So the source is there and the opportunity for my leaves to be green is still there. So what may feel like it's dead right now is going to come back to life. And so that allows us to go through the difficult things, right? Yeah. And I mean, that ties in, you were talking about your tree that you planted in your, right. your house in Milton and, and when it turned white, right? Which is probably right. not ideal. But then how you stopped worrying once it started to turn green. And it's not that yep. it was instantly healthy or it was... right bearing fruit. It probably wasn't a fruit tree for that matter, but, um, like it, it takes time and anyone who's worked in a garden, uh, or, or worked with trees knows that there is, there is, uh, there's kind of a slow steadiness to it. And one, one of my, one of my favorite things has actually been, um, helping to care for a, a forest and by my, my parents' cottage, uh, and, and learning about the trees and learning how to help trees and how to, how to identify what's going on and how to help them be healthier, which sometimes means pruning them, right? Like yeah. this, is, this is, again, we, we see this analogy elsewhere, yeah. um, which seems really damaging and really violent in a way, yeah. but, but also can lead to this bearing of fruit. I mean, what is it? I, I don't know. I'm, there's some stat about like with, with grapevines or other kinds of things, like the way you prune them back is so aggressive yeah. and feels so like, I've just killed this thing. Yeah. And yet that's how you get them to bear fruit, um, which sometimes feels like our lives. Like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I certainly feel like this has been a weird season somewhere between being pruned and being dormant uh, that we're just coming out of now. Um, so yeah, there's, I, I mean, I love this, this analogy and this, um, this call to be, to be, to be rooted in the right things. Um, so, so what, what is that, Paul? Like if we talk about, um, being by a stream of water and we talk about pruning or fertilizing or caring if if we are the trees what is the stream of water what is what is the fertile soil that we find ourselves in so that we can bear fruit 
Yeah, it, I think I think it's um, and and so I, the way that I would look at it is that the the you know the fruitfulness and the leaves are actually all a result of being planted by the water, and so the location I think is the most important. I think mm. what he was describing in the in this picture, this word picture, is he was saying being rooted in the word, delighting in the law of the Lord, you know, allowing it just to sink into us deeply, meditate on it regularly that's what it looks like to be a tree by water like and then he goes on to to say these other things are a part of this but that tree by the water is really about meditating and delighting in the law of the lord and so the law of the lord is really just his words to us and that begins with the bible and certainly all of the scriptures that you know that we have um delighting in it allowing it to roll around in our minds during the day mm. all of those things you know help us stay focused on god's uh god's word so that's that that would be what i would describe as the the, the water so how do we delight in this like it it strikes me that we're not uh we're not particularly good at this most people aren't including myself like i i know uh i know people who like to read Uh, And I know people who enjoy studying the Bible, but like delight is not, I feel like delight is, is a word that you might use with your favorite movie or maybe your favorite fiction book, but not a lot of people would think like, man, I delight in reading the Bible. What Hmm. does that, what does that look like? How do we get there? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things I would say is that, is that delighting in something um especially when we think about uh, hebrew literature uh the in the old testament and and greek and the new obviously that what i think is interesting is that is some of the things that we've been talking about in the series on trees you know helps in this kind of thing yeah. to 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 actually think through the way that writers presented things um and and kind of seeing it from their perspective mm. i think it's a lot easier to uh to delight in something when you have a better handle on it and so I think the delighting really is about time spent and time committed. It's got to be uh, because because you can't it can be more than that, but it can't be any less than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, I think for some of us who have uh, been in the word for a long, long time in their lives, I would say, um, you know, find out a little bit more about Hebrew poetry, for instance, and read through the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, try to understand because the the Psalms are different than the way that we would write poetry. And so those kinds of things, you know, we have to, you know, kind of do some work in order to to see some things come to life for us. And I think that's part of the delighting thing. It's yeah. recognizing those things. And I, I don't know why, but I'm, I'm thinking right now about like high school literature class and Shakespeare mm-hmm. and how like, I, I don't know about you, but when I did Shakespeare in high school, like I didn't, I didn't delight in Shakespeare. Definitely not. Right. Um, But I know people who delight in Shakespeare now, and I've actually learned how to appreciate it. Now, Mm -hmm. the the funny thing is like we, you and I find ourselves as as the teachers of these these classes sometimes and trying to convince people, no, this is actually really amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does take, often it just takes getting into it. It takes Mm -hmm. spending time with it and, and learning how to really really love it and see these things like trees these themes that weave through the bible and that spark imagination i i'm i'm a big advocate of the word imagination and that actually the bible a lot of the bible is is getting after our imagination and helping to shape it yeah uh, and trying to call us to to things it's not it's not just rules and and truth of course it's tons of truth in there but like 
we can get to truth via imagination. There's a lot yeah. of good there. So, and I, I think if you were to say, if if let's, I've also heard the Bible been described as a as a love letter. Mm-hmm. And if if yeah. you had someone who you cared deeply for that you were madly in love with who wrote you a letter and they told you, um, just so you know, it took me a year to write this letter mm-hmm. and they present it to you, you're going to spend time in it. You're going to yeah. delight in it. You're going to think about every word. I mean, think about a, a book that's been written over thousands of years with these common themes and this, you know, this, this picture that's emerged, that emerges of a loving God. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's worth spending that time in and delighting in for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so this Psalm, uh, it, it actually ties together with Psalm two and, yes. um, together there's this kind of like a kingly psalm of ascent vibe going on so it's there's something kind of amazing about this pointing to something else it's people have talked about how the psalm maybe maybe points to jesus yeah a little bit Uh, like this this yeah not just maybe i think i think in in many ways it absolutely does um yeah because because we are like trees but we're not very good at it (laughs) yeah but someone was and someone will be you know or someone will be and for us someone was right okay and and that like, do we see it throughout the Bible more than just here? Yeah, and and so okay, so let me if you've got your Bibles with you, I'd, I'd love for you to just kind of you know go through this. I, I'll do it kind of quickly, but there there's so much here that we can't talk about on a Sunday morning, and it's really really interesting stuff. And and I would begin right at the beginning in Genesis chapter one. Mm. If you notice the way that the 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 Bible tells the story about creation, it kind of has a rhythm to it, and the first three days uh, are sort of paired with the second three days. So you sort of have this like. But, 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 but up, and then but, 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 but up. Like you kind of yeah. have this rhythm of like, yeah. there's a little more on day three and day six. And what is the little more? And as you look at it, you see that he, you know, it says on uh, on the third day, the water, you know, and all this stuff gathers the water, he calls the seas. Then he said, let the land produce vegetation and seed bearing trees on the land that bear fruit with seeds in it according to their variety. And it was so. And so there's this picture of trees, this extra little description about trees and how fruitful they are. And then in, on the sixth day, he says, okay, let's make God in our image and all. So, or sorry, but let's make people in our image. And so we have this picture of people being created. And guess what? They're told to be fruitful. And so there's this connection all of a sudden. Wait. People are like trees, Paul, in Genesis 1? And then Genesis 2, it happens again. What we see there is that there's this idea of the trees coming from the ground, and then a few verses later, it's Adam was formed from the ground. You have this connection that that sort of goes through. So Psalm 1 obviously picks up on this theme, but you know where I'd like to take you to is Isaiah, because the Mm. prophets, and and perhaps we'll get into this in the sermon, the messages as well, but the prophets kind of follow this theme as well. We first see it in in Isaiah 6, where there's this connection where Isaiah is commissioned. He has this moment where he enters into the throne room of God. And let me make just a suggestion here. He's actually being ushered into the new Eden. And at the center Mm. of the new Eden is the tree of life, which is, you know, God's presence right there in the center, the Holy of Holies. He's brought into the Holy of Holies. You think he's going to die, but he doesn't. He gets the cherubim kind of touches, you know, his lips with coal and all this stuff. And so he gets this commission. And in the midst of this, there's a description of what's happening. Mm. And God's describing this judgment that is based on a failure of God's people to spread the blessing that they were supposed to do. Remember back mm-hmm. um, in Genesis when uh, when uh, uh, Abraham is given this, this, uh, this description of what his people are going to do. They're going to bless the world. Yeah. Okay, they fail. And so what he says, here is that even though there's a remnant that remains, he says uh, they are going to be cut down. God's people, they're going to be like 
stumps. And so mm. the holy seed will be the stumps in the land. That's at the end of chapter six. And so you get this picture of them being chopped down. And then in chapter 11, there's this promise of a shoot that will come up. Uh, chapter one, verse one in Isaiah, it says a shoot will come up from this, uh, uh, from the, the stump of Jesse. Mm. So even though the people of God have been cut down, there's this shoot that comes up out of it. And from this, uh, this branch will bear fruit. And so this begins to describe, it says, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding and of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. It sounds a little bit like Psalm 1. So you get this picture of a, of a, a tree person who's being uh, brought up here. And what we see is this is David. He's going to take that step, but he's not the final one Mm -hmm. because then if you flip over to isaiah 53 so you have this this picture of david he's going to be the one that's going to have the seed who is going to redeem israel and going to be the messiah and so in isaiah 53 which is a passage that we all know that talk about uh jesus the suffering servant the promised messiah and how is he described right there in verse one it says that he grew up uh, like a tender shoot and like a, a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract him, nothing to appreciate, like all the things that we know from that passage. Yeah. But again, Jesus is described as this shoot, right? Mm. And then later we hear Jesus describe himself as the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. Like there's yeah. this this picture of, of Jesus becoming the tree-like person that none of us can be. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he lives that life completely delighting in the Lord, completely planted in the right place, bearing fruit and season, you know, leaves not withering, even through the most difficult times. And so he becomes the one who was talked about in Psalm 1. So even though we try and we take our little steps and we fail and we kind of try again, Jesus is the one that ultimately becomes that Psalm 1 person. And um, and then going forward, it just, it's, it's amazing how in the in the garden in Eden, uh, the new Eden, at the end of all time, there's a tree again. Yeah, and so it's the presence of God, and you think, oh my goodness, it's like Jesus, and all of this stuff is so amazing. And so when you ask the question about delighting in the law in the mm. law of the Lord, you can trace these things through the Bible. And you know, I would recommend if anyone wants to go further with this, like there's lots of different places. I I was actually listening to a podcast um, uh, by the Bible Project, yep. and you can look at that. There are books. There's a book called Reforesting Faith Mm -hmm. uh, that I was reading that I found really fascinating as well. But also you can just take out your Bible, get a green highlighter and start highlighting all the places that trees are mentioned as you look through and you will find some really, really cool things. Yeah, I love it. Uh, We are out of time for today, Paul. Uh, It has been great to chat with you about this and we will be back next week chatting more about trees and the story of God.